The Irish Times Inside Politics podcast is going to be holding another live event. This one is in central Dublin on Thursday, May the 16th at 8am. We are going to be in Medley in Dublin too. We only have a few tickets left, so if you want to join me in conversation with head of Ipsos polling in the US, Cliff Young, along with Pat Leahy and Jennifer Bray, looking at the polling in Ireland in the run-up to the European and local elections, just go to irishtimes.com slash events where you can get your tickets. I've always said that the election should happen at the best time for the country. Now is that time. There's nobody who needs a homily from Hall Martin. Look, they've taken our policies. They are bereft of policies. He could be just saying that to get voted, but he doesn't even do any of it. This is Election Daily, the special series from the Inside Politics podcast team at the Irish Times. I'm Hugh Linehan. Every evening we're keeping you up to date on the general election campaign, the end of which is almost upon us, Pat Leahy. Is it really, Hugh? It may not feel that way. Whatever will we do with our time when it's over? I don't know, but we won't be visiting party leaders and that was what you were doing today. Yes, I had an audience with Micheál Martin, the Fianna Fáil leader. He did his morning press conference, which he attended uh, in the party's election headquarters. And afterwards, I sat down with him for 30, 35 minutes or so. And not surprisingly, the first item on the agenda was the news story of today, which is Sinn Féin's discomfiture over the murder of Paul Quinn. You framed this again this morning and previously in the debates as, as a moral question as to whether you go into coalition with Sinn Féin or that element of it weighs on your mind. Could you enlarge a little bit about that in the light of the present controversy? Well, in terms of the, of the moral question, I've always what, been... Cons- what is the moral question? Well, I think the, the, the fundamentally the Sinn Féin's justification for the IRA war is a continuing one. There never has really been any contrition. They also, to a large extent, they want to shove down the throats of a newer generation, a propaganda, a narrative um, about the atrocities that were carried out, which in my view serves to poison future generations in terms of the, the whole issue of, I suppose, nationalism, uh, how we develop as a country, how we unite, reconcile. Uh, I just have a fundamental problem with the degree to which their narrative is quite correctly in some areas in terms of saying we want justice for victims of state violence and, and, and others, but their whole, their whole behaviour in terms of looking after and addressing victims of their atrocities, even post Good Friday Agreement, has been the complete opposite. And they tend to isolate, they tend to smear victims. And when people come forward to say, this happened to me, a whole machine is put into operation to undermine that person's credibility, that person's bona fides. What do you so want we had it to in do? The do you want to, no, I think to admit they were wrong? Yes, I do want them to accept that what they did was wrong. Uh, and as Seamus Mallon said, that the IRA's campaign was 40 years of failure. Because that will inform future generations that there's a better way of doing things. But also, you take the Paul Quinn murder, it's very sinister that Sinn Féin, collectively, because Jerry Adams spoke at the time as well, and they put it out very early that this young man who was savagely beaten to death was involved in drugs and, and, and criminality, to that effect that it was a criminal feud. And, Do you think and, they and did that, that because they knew that Republicans or former Republicans yes. were involved yes. in the murder and wanted to yes. minimise the... I spoke to Breach Quinn 
and she laid it out to me. He had a row with the son uh, of, of, of a senior IRA person. That was the origins of it. No one, I think, when, when, for us to look at what the savagery or what happened when quite a number of men, they seal off the barn, they're wearing uniforms, they're forensically um, clean. You know, in other words, this was a very highly sophisticated operation and they broke every bone in his body. That's what she said to me, they broke every bone in his body. When a mother says that to you, like it brings it home to you. And throughout the peace process, we, we all had to make compromises in order to achieve the peace. But Sinn Féin need to come some distance as well, and they haven't. Uh, and I think on the accusation that you are kind of trying to have your cake and eat it, because the basis of the peace settlement was that the past was left yep. behind and but, people... But this is 2007, you know? This is, I mean, Good Friday Agreement, 1999. This is 2007. Uh, it's taken 13 years for Sinn Féin to contemplate making an apology. They might uh, say, the same happened with Robert what, why are we only hearing about this from Micheál Martin now? What? When did we oh, last no, hear this? Well, you've heard this. I've been consistent about this over the years, Pat. I've raised this in Dáil Airden. I actually raised it in the context of Kevin Lunny, uh, in the sense that there, was the, there has been a barbarity and a savageness that's been allowed to uh, hold sway across areas of the border, um, and which has not been brought to justice. Um, the Paul Quinn murder stands out. Um, and the omerta that follows it, that's really worrying that people are so afraid and so intimidated by the organisation, by that organisation and that movement that they won't come out and, 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 and engage with the police. And in terms of how we develop and evolve as a country, that, can, that that's not sustainable, it's not correct, it's not morally correct that that should be the case. And that's not something we can contemplate. Uh, and and is your need... accusation, though, in the current case and in those other ones, that there are people in Sinn Féin who know about this, is that your assumption? As I said, downstairs, yes. you cannot know that for certain. But is that your assumption and what is it based on? First of all, I mean, I think when you talk to people in the locality, they say that, okay? The Quins are in no doubt as to who murdered their son, okay? I've asked people just to, just to listen to Breach Quinn, make up your own mind, you know, uh, in terms of this. But I think the fact that Conor Murphy came out so early at the time, to me, suggested a strategy to deflect away from the, the real culprits here and, and to sort of uh, deflect away Conor from... Conor Murphy was trying to, by casting that accusation of criminality against Paul Quinn, was trying to shelter the culprits from blame? That would be my assessment of it. I mean, I can't for definite, but why, why, else, why else would he say it? And he needs to explain that, and he needs to, I think he needs to fully apologise to Breach Quinn. He does need to explain himself as to, and Jerry Adams did the same. Uh, and similar pattern with, 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 with the, the aftermath of the murder of Robert McCartney, similar pattern, no one saw anything. We all have to be accountable to, to the law, to justice. And I think also, you know, I've made other comments that I think one of the issues with Shane Fein is its structure and so on, I've made that point. We saw that very recently in terms of the heating initiative and the degree to which unelected officials clearly hold sway over ministers in the executive of Northern Ireland. But unelected officials are important in your party as well. Well, sorry, as advisors, as, as you mean formal advisors, yeah, but they don't, I've never had any unelected official telling me in relation to a government memo, certainly in finance, because the finance in, our, in the Republic obviously is a quasi-constitutional position, for example. The idea that before the memo 
goes to cabinet or that the memo is signed off by the Minister for Finance, they must get permission from uh, a party official. That's that's not, that's I've never witnessed that, and that is completely wrong. Um, and then I've, I've dealt with the economic policies of Sinn Féin as well. But we'll get on, I think we'll, the we'll, yeah, we'll maybe on. get onto that. But what do you say to younger people whom the polls tell us are going to vote for Sinn Féin or are open to voting for Sinn Féin in greater numbers than ever before? and who might view this as part of history or something that they are willing to park because they like what Sinn Féin says on housing and on health. Yeah, well, I'd say to, to, to people generally to, to, to reflect on it, to listen to the interview. There are fundamental moral issues there that need to be addressed um, in terms of how the Quinn family were dealt with and how the victims of crimes like that were left down uh, and then make up your own mind. So the received wisdom, Pat, is that these sorts of issues matter increasingly less to the Irish electorate. Do you agree? I think it's possibly not and either are. I wonder who that wisdom is necessarily received from. The fact of the matter is that Sinn Féin's links to the IRA and the IRA's history of violence has in the past been an electoral break on the development of Sinn Féin. And Sinn Féin, people would freely admit this themselves. And while that has diminished, certainly in recent years, not just because new voters have come on the rolls and they don't have the visceral memories of the troubles that older voters have, but because time has passed and I think older voters have seen that Sinn Féin is, you know, becoming a a mainstream party, a part of our normal political, uh, part of normal politics in the South. And but yet, these things when I happen see, over time. When I see uh, Mary Lou MacDonald responding in the way she did to the key questions about the Special Criminal Court and Paul Quinn on Tuesday's debate, it's not quite like a normal party. No, it's not yet a party like the other parties. And I think, although I hate to use the term, that the party is on uh, a journey towards that. That journey has not been completed yet, nor has the journey... Again, my apologies for using the term, uh, that voters, many voters are undergoing in terms of their relations with uh, Sinn Féin, nor has that been completed, which is all a rather long-winded way of saying, I, I, I have no empirical evidence to put before you to say this will matter to the tune of X percent, and I'm not sure it would be possible to, uh, to say that. Uh, but I don't think it helps Sinn Féin. I think it may contribute to a, a, a stemming of the tide that has a, clearly been going towards them in in this election. I think it will matter more so for older voters, but it may also impact on, uh, on voters in that sort of 35 uh, to 45 cohort with whom the party has made such spectacular progress in this campaign, but who are not sufficiently wet behind the ears so as they don't have uh, a memory of the troubles. The other final point to make about that is when Sinn Féin is talking about this, it's not talking about the stuff that it wants to talk about, which is housing and health and tax and all those other things. So does this mean there can't be a coalition between Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin? I think it's one of the things contributing to that. I think such an outcome is unlikely, but one of the but not just because of of this issue 
uh, one of the things that Michal Martin was very keen to stress during the discussion was the differences between Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin on policy issues and in particular on economic policy. In, in Irish politics, as you know, policy is on the table when you come to coalition formation. But the sense I get from you and from your utterances throughout the campaign is that the greater block to a coalition with Sinn Féin, which you've consistently ruled out, greater than the policy issues is what you call the moral issue. That yes, fair? that's fair enough. But I mean, I think I would having... So what do you say no, to hold on, hold on, then? Hold on, having read their manifesto, though, this manifesto is way out there. There is no way you could even begin discussing with Sinn Féin. From climate change to home ownership, they want to get rid of the head to buy scheme, which is helping many young people um, to buy a house. Um, like their manifesto, from our perspective, is not compatible on housing not compatible in health. For example, we want to do the treatment purchase fund because we know if we get people off the waiting list fast, they're against that. I mentioned affordable housing, climate change, their taxation enterprise policy, uh, their anti-European union stance. People forget about this. They're not a pro-European union party. So you look at any policy platform, um, they're fundamentally compatible. What I would say to my TDs is, and I've spoken to TDs and some who get mentioned as, you know, Darren Bryan is very clear. He supports me in my position and is not advocating, for example, um, a coalition with Sinn Féin. Tell me about your route to government. The route to government is, first of all, we have to maximise our own seats, and then, obviously, other parties are going to try and maximise theirs. I actually think there will be a critical mass of centre-ground TDs, particularly in terms of other parties like Greens, Labour and others, with ourselves who can form a government. That's my view. I, I think on the opinion polls... Uh, we just need to take a deep breath because we, we actually have exceeded opinion polls in previous elections. You, 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 um, you have. That's, that's, think, a, that's, a, fair, that's a fair point equally, to make, but not by, <clears throat> no, but certainly see, going by the last Irish Times one before the last election, not by yeah, but what's important, as, as much that would give you, say, the 55, 60 seats you might yeah, need. But you know and I know that the national polls in the multi-seat PR system can't quite capture where the fourth and fifth seat's going to go on a five-seater, the third and a three-seater maybe, the, the third and fourth and a four-seater. I just listened to assessments this morning about Kevin. You know, the, the local people were saying, you know, last two seats, not clear. Um, and that's where we need, we do need the bounce of the ball. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was in Kerry last week and that's in the mix now. It wouldn't have been two months ago. It is now very much in the mix for a potential second seat there. Uh, Norma Foley and John Brazel doing well and Norma Moriarty. So, uh, you know, th- there could be some surprises. You know a national poll will never catch what a Willie O'Dea does, for example, in Limerick. Um, and obviously we've urged Willie to ensure that James Collins gets a fair uh, crack at the whip and gets is, some, is, some is transfers. He, is he complying to your satisfaction? He has assured me that he is complying. Yeah. And That's we'll a different up. thing. Do you think he is? <laughs> I know he has assured you. Yes, we, we will have measures taken to ensure that there is compliance. <laughs> vaguely scary. But to, 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 to complete the point then, so that's one route to government. The, the second one presumably is the same sort of alliance without the numbers, in which case you seek a confidence and supply agreement with Fine Gael. Is that fair that would be That would be the last resort, I think. Uh, we would well, the last of two resorts. Well, yeah, well, Leo's called the last resort as well. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd say that. But no, I mean, I think... I actually think the, the alternative led by Fianna Fáil with others is a real possibility um, and one that can last as well.
So, Pat, there's a couple of things that occur to me about that. One is a question to you with all your political expertise. If we're in a new landscape where you have three parties within touching distance of each other in the low to mid 20 percentage, does that make the PRSTV system perhaps a bit more unpredictable in terms of what the actual outcome in terms of seats might be? Well, it's certainly different to what we have encountered before. I mean, the mathematics of PRSTV work no matter you know, what level the parties are, or how many parties are around that uh, that level. What is true is that there are a number of kind of steps in the uh, within the system that are built into it mathematically. So, for instance, you can get 12% in a constituency, in a four-seat constituency, and you can win a seat, and you can get 24% in a constituency, and you will still win one seat. And I think that in that early 20s sort of environment that the parties are in, you are close to one of those steps. You're between two, or you're between one and two seats, say, in a a four-seater. It'll work differently in a five-seater and and in a a three-seater, obviously. So the mathematics are the same, but if they're all pitched around there, it does make it more unpredictable and more, uh, uh, more contingent on in the performance in individual constituencies. And, you know, that is going to be one of the things, I think, to look out for on Sunday and Monday. And what's your read on Micheál Martin's path to power, in other words, path to a majority coalition government of some sort? I think he has two potential paths to power by his own uh, admission. If you accept him at face value, and for now I do, that he is ruling out uh, Sinn Féin and he is ruling out uh, Fine Gael. Um, then he's his, his his first path to to government is to get the numbers between himself, um, between Fianna Fáil, Labour, and the Greens. He will need in the mid to high fifties for that, and he will need a good performance from both Labour and the Greens, possibly the Social Democrats, to be added on to that to get him to the magic eighty seat number. That is not a high probability on the current numbers. It requires all three parties to outperform the numbers that we uh, were evident in our recent polls. So that's not beyond the bounds of possibilities, but it is unlikely uh, at, at this stage. So his second route to government then is not reaching the eighty seat or near the eighty seat mark with that particular combination, and he asks Leo Varadkar for uh, a confidence and supply. You've spoken before, you speak about your potential coalition partners as being like-minded parties of the centre, and you've spoken before <coughs> about you know, the need to protect the centre of, of, of politics. But in reality, wouldn't the biggest protection of the centre of Irish politics be a coalition between you and Fine Gael? Um, that's the ultimate centrist No, it wouldn't coalition. actually, uh, because I think that would be the beginning of... Um, first of all, I've got Do you accept that Fine Gael are a centrist party? No, um, first of all, I think they're centre-right, yeah. um, but I think Fine Gael, I mean, in, in Europe, there's nothing unusual about competing centre-grown parties. I mean, many European... Uh, Nor parties, is there anything unusual uh, about grand no, coalitions. I think, in my view, that ultimately would lead to a very hard left-right sort of divide in Ireland, and I think that would be damaging to Ireland in the long term. Um, government is a difficult area, you know, it's a difficult sort of <laughs> business in terms of governing and governing rightly. Um, and I think that, um, I think that would be, in my view, would be dangerous, uh, would be a monopoly uh, in, in terms of power. Uh, and, and I think, personally, I wouldn't be happy with it at all. And, it, um, just enlarge on that, just briefly, it would be a dangerous monopoly on power. No, I just think you would have a so large... You, that, that 
Finn Fallen Finn Gael would be in power indefinitely, no, and you no, wouldn't no, like to no, see no, that. I don't, I don't see that at all. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, um, in my view, you would allow a rise of more sharp, extreme politics eventually. Eventually, if you have that type of grand coalition, I don't. I think I don't think it would be good for Irish politics, and I would prefer much more strongly. Uh, I think a more creative um, coalition with people like the Labour Party and the Green Party, with with re, you know, with I think significant injection of freshness in terms of climate change and other issues. When will you talk to them next Monday? I would see the, when I, the look, I'm not, back. But I'm not presuming anything. Uh, I want obviously it all depends on the results. Uh, and we're concentrating at the moment and our entire focus is on trying to maximise our performance and get the extra seats because we're not there yet. That's understandable, but yeah. voters do <coughs> have a right to know we'll what move, your intentions are. My intentions the... will be I will move quickly, obviously, if the numbers are right. So that was your conversation with Micheál Martin. Um, yesterday, Fia Kelly talked to Leah Varadkar. Um, we haven't talked to Mary Lou MacDonald in this sequence, but... No, unfortunately, despite repeated requests... Um, Sinn Féin haven't uh, given us an interview with Mary Lou MacDonald. We did the two podcast interviews with the two main party leaders. We did interviews with the new, for the newspaper with Eamon Ryan of the Greens and with Brendan Howlin of Labour. But uh, as of yet, I'm afraid, um, no, uh, no slot for us with Sinn Féin. Well, you never know. Tomorrow's another day and there's still two days to go to the election. So we'll wait and see. But anyway, thanks to Pat and thanks to our producer, Declan Conlon. Uh, don't forget, if you haven't done so, to go to irishtimes.com slash subscribe to sign up for a digital subscription in the first month. We'll set you back a mere one euro. Remember, you can find us on all the usual podcast platforms. You can get us at irishtimes.com slash podcast. You can mail us with your opinions at politicspodcast at irishtimes.com or you can usually find most of us on Twitter. We will be back in your feed very soon. But until then, thanks for listening.